Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Well, welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Happy holidays to you. So glad you've joined me and so glad that we are heading into 2021, which looks like it might just be a great turning point in some wonderful directions, and also a time of unbelievable tension (laughs) politically and in terms of governance. Let me start by saying that, you know, I'm not bothered by tension in our governance. I'm not bothered by tension between the parties. I'm not bothered when a president whips out his veto uh, or a state uh, threatens to succeed. This is the way government works. These are the tensions that make it work. You've heard me say this before. Every time there's a government shutdown, every time there's great tension, every time a state threatens to succeed from the union, as the state didn't threaten, but the uh, GOP chair in Texas, Alan West, said, well, maybe we just need to succeed from the union. This is the kind of rhetoric, this is the kind of, as Churchill says, jaw, jaw, war, war, that you know, people use in American politics. And I'm not bothered by those tensions. I will say, however, if you heard my last podcast, that I am bothered by the two political parties in America today. If you heard my last podcast, you know that what I'm bothered about with the Republican Party is that it's become almost synonymous with the party of Trump. And if Trump is going to run again in 2024, as he says he is, then it's the conservative movement and the GOP, which are two different things, by the way. I'm part of the conservative movement. I'm not sure how much I'm part of the GOP these days. But nevertheless, um, I am 100 percent concerned that the conservative movement is going to become a code word for the cause of Trump. And that if he runs again, he's going to maintain a stranglehold on the GOP when I'm about conservative ideas. I'm about uh, the conservative vision of freedom. And I think most people in the GOP, most Republicans, most conservatives are exactly that. Then, of course, there's the Democrat Party, Democratic Party, which is moving to the left. Uh, You have the consummate politician as the presidential nominee. And he is a man who has spent his entire political life with his finger in the air. And I believe he's going to be strongly influenced by the left side of his political party. In fact, I think he's moving left even himself. He did so during the campaign. He elected a far left vice presidential nominee. And I think he's going to give a listen to those who make the most noise in the Democratic Party. And that's going to be the cadre of the left. Um, We've seen this. We know this. The man declared himself a candidate for president and then within days abandoned uh, something that he has defended with his own faith. And that was the Hyde Amendment. I won't go back into all that. I've done podcasts on that before. What I want to talk about is what might end up being a forced solution in the days to come. I want you, if you want to really be a a free thinker, so to speak, a person who's thinking creatively about American politics, I want you to consider the possibility that we are going to have to have another major political party in this country. I want you to consider the possibility that the two parties that we currently have dominating American politics do not represent the majority of Americans. I want you to consider that the GOP is moving hard right and Trumpite, the Democratic Party is moving further left, and that leaves the middle abandoned. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast very long, you know that I am a person of who's, who's what I like to say is slightly right of center. Um, I'm a moderate. 
That doesn't mean I can't decide where I'm going. I don't believe that every, the only thing in the middle of the road are dead skunks and yellow lines. Um, in fact, I want to say something that is absolutely, I believe, to be absolutely true and that you will see played out in the coming years. I believe that most governing is done in the middle. You can make noise from the wings. You can yell and scream. You can threaten to succeed. You can talk about, you can get violent. You can shout. You can storm the halls of Congress. You can do all the things that you want to do. Go into state houses, carry guns into state houses. You can make all the left and right wing noise you want. But when it comes right down to it, it's in the middle where the governing happens. It's in the conciliation. And so I've said before, if I had to... Um, if I had to name and launch a moderate political party, I would call it Common Sense America, the Common Sense Party. And our slogan would be something about the radical middle. In today's American politics, the most radical ideas are ideas that are moderate, are ideas that are in the radical middle, are ideas that take the best of the left, the best of the right, the best of what we can learn from other nations and do it. I'm a constitutionalist. I'm a patriot. I'm right of center. Uh, I'm a Christian. I'm a man of faith. I'm a man who's got a doctorate in American history. I believe the founding fathers gave us wisdom. I think we had a genius cluster around the time of the Declaration of Independence and the framing of the Constitution, the Articles of Confederation. I think great wisdom came to reside there. I think we drew from the literature of the ancients and the literature of recent geniuses, and I think we launched something amazing. And I'm not wanting to see that overturned, but I also don't want to see it kidnapped. And I think that may be what's going on today. Uh, let me just let me change themes for just a moment. Um, one of the men who is most vilified in our country today is Mitt Romney. Um, he's vilified because he's a member of the Republican Party, but he doesn't often go with the majority of the Republican Party. Now, I may be an odd man to praise him. Uh, I wrote a book about Mormons. Uh, I have great admiration for what Mormons produce um, in our in our government, Mormons produce civilly. Uh, Mormons produce at a societal level. They produce champions. They produce sharp people. They produce super patriots. M Mormons are all through our government, and I celebrate that. I celebrate that. I just don't happen to share or believe the supernatural claims of Mormons. So as a cultural movement, as an American patriotic movement, I celebrate them. And I've said that often, and I've said it on the campus of Brigham Young University, the, the main Mormon. Mormon University in America. Um, uh, but I'm, I'm a traditional Christian, and so I don't share their supernatural claims. I don't believe that Joseph Smith um, did indeed have visitations of angelic beings and did indeed tell the truth. And by the way, if he did, then, you know, every religion that occurred that existed prior to him was, quote unquote, under his, his words, um, an abomination. So I'm not trying to get into a fight. I'm just saying I've taken a moderate stance on Mormonism, which is I don't share the supernatural claims or I'd be a Mormon. But I do really admire what they do um, in creating citizens, uh, what they do in creating patriots, etc. OK, all that to say, um, this brings us to Mitt Romney. 
Um, I have criticized Mitt Romney, not because he's a Mormon, but because he wouldn't speak about his Mormonism. In, in my book, Ask the Question, I had an entire chapter entitled The Three Words. Um, at, his, at his convention acceptance speech, Mitt Romney spoke three words about his Mormonism. We were Mormons, but he never would talk about it otherwise. Whenever anybody brought it up on an, in an interview on television or on radio, he would lose it and get upset and be resentful and be surly. Well, of course, they're going to ask you about this. And I advise people in his campaign, he's got to come out with it. He's got to air this. He's got to use it as a positive. He's got to talk. Here's this rich, good looking guy. He could have talked about coming from a family that had been persecuted for their faith. He could have talked about uh, the fact um, that the only religion in America under an extermination order in American history were Mormons. He could have talked about all that and made it a positive for him. And who knows what it might have done for him in the election. Okay. All of that to say, I admire Mitt Romney because whatever other quirks he has, he is an independent thinker. He is a man who approaches the evidence um, about impeachment, approaches the evidence about foreign policy, approaches each one of Trump's actions, not because he's drunk the GOP Kool-Aid, but because he's a smart man, an experienced man, a man of character, and he's analyzing the situation for himself. Now, I admire him, and I think that he would be in a new political party that was more of the middle, right of center, slightly left of center, and was capturing the majority of American independence, of people who are, uh, who are not wanting to run with the wingnuts of either party. I think that's where things are going. I think we're going to see another party. We've had uh, third parties of the hard right. We've had parties um, kind of dance around in the middle. We've had nothing that was strong. We've had nothing that was well-led. We've had small renewal parties, tea parties, for example, but we haven't had a party that says both parties are falling off the extreme edge. It's time for common sense America. It's time for traditional values, but not in a harsh condemning way. It's time for traditional values to be used, but that not be code language for racism, that not be code language for white supremacy, a party that can admit American errors, but build on American greatness. That's what we need. We need a party that builds on the radical middle. We need a party that is common sense America. And it sounds, I know, like right now I'm about to announce my candidacy for office. I'm not about to do that. I'm trying to prepare us for the fact that we have to get our minds around a reality. The Republican Party and the Democrat Party, unless some people in the next season rescue us from the wingnuts, are failing to serve the American people well. I know a lot of people in the Republican Party. Obviously, I live in D.C., go to the Capitol Club, work with a lot of congressmen and, congressmen and senators on the right. They are frustrated. Their party doesn't fit them. They're aggravated. They wish Trump wasn't their main spokesman. They wish that he didn't have a stranglehold or maybe be heading into more of a stranglehold in the next uh, four years on the party. Uh, they wish they could really give themselves to conservative ideas rather than have to run everything through a Trumpian filter. They wish all of that. And so my, my point is not to try to abandon the GOP. My, my point would be to see a reform effort within the GOP. But minus that, you have to stand by your values. You have to stand by, your, by the philosophy of freedom that gave rise to this, this, this country, that strengthened this country, that allowed what good is happening. 
yeah, there was racism and there was slavery and there's been white supremacy. But the black rise in America has largely been built on a foundation, uh, not, of, not, of, not of welfare and government action, but of free markets. Uh, of protection for private property, of of, 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 a, of, a, of a capitalism that was compassionate and on a level playing field. Look what blacks have accomplished. Look what's taken place. So a moderate common sense party has to take both in hand. We have absolutely wronged African-Americans in this country. But we also have laid a foundation of freedom on which they can rise. Let's decry the one, extend the other, and see a great nation and a great African-American people arise. Why is that so hard? That's what we believe. That's what most Americans believe is going on. So let's build the party of Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Let's build the party of American values aflame and American sins repented of and addressed. Why is that so difficult? We're going to have to do it. Now, I know I have a lot of people listening to this podcast who are uh, in office, and I'm grateful for you. I love you. I'm glad you're there. I pray for you constantly. But, I, but, but it's, going to take, it's going to be a season that uh, what's coming is a, is a season that's going to require courage. Courage to break from the Trump stranglehold. Courage to break from the wingnuts. Courage to defy the threats and the insults that happen on the floor. You know what I'm talking about. And by the way, uh, over the dinners at Morton's and behind the scenes and at the Capitol Club, it's going to take some courage to defy all of those forces and to see the conservative movement in its, in its, rooted in its freedom philosophy rise again. That time is coming. I think a third party is on the rise. I think we ought to consider it. I'm not launching it. I'm not planning to lead it. I'm just saying there's a whole segment of Americans who are abandoned, embarrassed by both left and right, and they are correct to feel that way. And so a third party is coming, a common sense American party or whatever they decide to call it. Look for it. I would think we should hope for it. At the very least, if it's not politically successful, it'll force some people like the Tea Party did to reconsider some of their commitments, to reconsider some of the corruption, to reconsider some of the policies and practices. But I think it actually can win. I think we can actually see people in Congress and in the Senate and maybe, and maybe, maybe not running for president for a while, but exerting influence on American politics, particularly at the state and local level, who are centrists who are patriots, who are rooted in the founding fathers, who can easily acknowledge wrongs, don't have to compliment white supremacists, but certainly hang on to the core values that have made America great and plan to extend them. And I think that's what's coming. All right. Happy holidays to you. More soon. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.